Hello, everyone. This is Peter Richardson. I'm your host for the CounterPoint podcast today, and I'm delighted to be joined by Jeff Fieldhack. Jeff is a research director based in the US of A. How are you doing today, Jeff? Hello, Peter. Doing very well, thanks. Great. So, uh, yeah, some interesting uh, things going on in the US right now. Uh, hope you're staying safe. Yeah, we are living in interesting times right now. A lot happening, and uh, yeah, the, the markets are are really changing. And uh, yeah, there, there's just a lot happening right now for sure. <laughs> yeah. So the topic for today's discussion uh, is really kind of looking back at uh, the Q1 market in the U.S. and then sort of how that is morphing into the second quarter, uh, obviously with the effect of uh, the coronavirus epidemic and what that's doing to the market. And then, you know, we can talk a bit about, you know, how that's impacting on different sales channels. And then looking forward, you know, to maybe coming through this coronavirus period and, and you know, what the market will look like, uh, you know, as we go through the middle part of the year and into the into the fall. So um, just to just to kick us off, Jeff, I mean, what, you know, can you can you give us a bit of a, a flavor for how the first quarter looked? Um, you know, obviously, the coronavirus was creeping in during the first part of the year, and then became a, you know, much stronger reality as we got into the latter part of the quarter. Uh, what, what was the impact on the market? Sure. These were rough, unprecedented times for sure. Uh, going back to January, the market was a little down. You have the normal seasonality always of January post U.S. holidays and everyone's broke and uh, kind of getting into the flow of the year again. Uh, so it was down a little bit year over year slightly. And then February, we usually see a bit of a prepaid punch and comeback uh, due to promos within the low end. And this is when usually national retailers get aggressive uh, with uh, tax refund checks coming out. And so usually the market starts to gain a little momentum in February. But this February tax season was a little late. And that's just when the coronavirus hit in China and some of the uh, supply uh, was hurt. So Motorola in the epicenter of, of COVID in China, volumes went to, to zero. And we saw in the U.S. Uh, the usual supply chain dwindling. But just as that was, we, we were getting to a point where, where carriers and national retailers were very low on inventory. March, COVID moved into the U.S., lockdowns were in place and demand was crushed. So then then everything really slowed. And even though we were really low on supply, it didn't really matter because demand really dropped off at the same time. Right. So we start off with a supply issue, but that sounds like it was more, you know, if Motorola was, in, was affected. I know in, in Europe, you know, some channels were getting low on Apple products in the February timeframe, but I don't think that was quite the same in the US. So, you know, how would you kind of characterize the difference between, let's say, postpay and prepay 
you know, pre pre the COVID impact, at least the demand the demand side impact. Absolutely, um, yeah, it was kind of uh, very uh, different. First, on the the postpaid side, eighty percent of stores closed, and those that were open were kind of even uh, telling the public, "Hey, this is emergency only." Uh, only one person into the store, two people at a time. So uh, basically what happened on the postpaid side was if you can wait, uh, if you have a phone that's functioning, just wait. So the churn and switchers, uh, all the marketing was basically put on halt on the postpaid side. If you did have a damaged phone or something, then you could go into a few of the stores that were kind of set up. So each region or metro area had a few stores you could go in and swap out uh, a device. On the postpaid side also, uh, online, this is where really online picked up. It was right in the middle of the S20 launch. Uh, So, you know, there were, even though it was terrible timing for Samsung, you did see a spike in in online sales for those who knew what they wanted uh, could still uh, buy a device. We saw Amazon jump. We saw carrier retail uh, online sales jump. We even saw national retail uh, or carrier stores and national retail growth. On, on the prepaid side, this is where volumes really were hammered. We had near 40 million um, workers apply for unemployment. Um, this is a big, strong base of who buys prepaid devices. Uh, a lot pay with cash. Um, 50% don't have a credit card. So these are not online uh, buyers. So the prepaid side was hurt a lot. Um, there was one part of prepaid, the government subsidized programs, uh, these are programs like Lifeline or Assurance that subsidize um, phone use and service. That, that of course, saw an uptick. We saw uh, with unemployment uh, growing, more people qualified for this. So there was a small percentage of the prepaid that, that did see a bump. And this benefited OEMs such as ZTE and Alcatel and other very low-cost handset providers uh, in, in, in this space. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was reading, uh, you know, I think back at the time that, you know, when there a lot of these people were filing for unemployment benefit that, uh, you know, if you were at the lower end of the wage scale, you were much more likely to be laid off or your job furloughed than if you were in the sort of upper quartiles of uh, income. So I guess that that reflects directly into the segments of products that would would be most directly impacted. Absolutely. I think the U.S. government had statistics they put out that 40% of workers making 40K or below were laid off during this period. So it just hammered uh, households that, yeah, were basically under 40 or 50K uh, per year. So does that mean that um, you know, the high end of the market was you know, unaffected or you know, unaffected or you know, much less badly impacted? Yeah, well, when we looked at the statistics, OEMs such as Apple, because they have a, such a strong online presence, their volumes were affected a lot less than 
a lot of the prepaid uh, OEMs, the OEMs that really cater to the prepaid. So yeah, Apple's decline was much less significant. I think the other um, thing maybe obvious is Apple has such a small portfolio. People that are upgrading usually know what they want, either from uh, having friends that had devices and just such a yeah, lower amount of SKUs, they know what they have. So it's much easier to buy online. Whereas prepaid and some of the lower end um, suppliers, uh, you know, the deals are different. Um, the consumer is not wed to a certain OEM. There are a lot of different options. So you really need to go into the store and see it and have a feel for it and kind of get this explained. Uh, so those were the OEMs and the markets that we saw take a bigger hit than Apple and Samsung Galaxies. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, online sounds like it was, you know, strongly benefiting during this period. So we're, we're sort of, I guess we're talking now through the end of Q1 into Q2. So that kind of March, April period. And I guess April was probably the most severely impacted. Is that fair to say in, in totality for the for the market? Yeah, absolutely. This uh, March, things started to really close down. April, things were shut down. Um, at the last week of, of April and then into May, the U.S. government's uh, stimulus checks started to go out. And then we actually saw the recovery start there. And then mid-May, more of the stores started to open, more of the states uh, relaxed uh, lockdowns. So that was like kind of the second surge of getting slightly more back to normal. So March was down. April uh, was the trough in the U.S. Um, May bounce, bounces back a little larger than March. Uh, June will certainly uh, be bigger than May, uh, but we'll still probably be down slightly year over year as there's still, uh, you know, such large unemployment and consumers, if they can wait due to uncertainties, they're still putting off uh, dev big device purchases. Hmm. Okay. So, um, so online uh, becomes a, a bigger percentage of sales during this period, but is that indicating a change in behavior or is it just that, you know, online was not closed down? So, by default, it, it kind of looks better, or you know, or is there likely to be a kind of a longer-term change here that more people are are buying online? Yeah, great question. I think uh, th the answer is yeah, certainly because Amazon and uh, digital sales were still open. It wasn't like a total lockdown, like we saw in Brazil or India, where 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 nothing could be sold. Uh, yeah, the online sales picked up. So if you, yeah, the, these consumers uh, were, were buying. I think it slowly shifts back to where it was. Um, you know, online sales drifted all the way up to 33% in April. Uh, I think it drifts back down to 15, 16%. Uh, where it kind of was over the past year, uh, with maybe one exception, uh, maybe we get a little bit of bump from consumers that um, purchase a device online, but then they go into the store to uh, pick it up. 
uh, there's still a large percentage of consumers that like the familiarity of going into the store, the security and ease of handing in a used device, and they are certain it gets wiped and the security aspects. They don't have to deal with selling it on their own. You know, you get your SIM swapped and, uh, you know, your your contacts switched over. A large part of the base still feel comfortable with that aspect of working with a carrier. And we don't see that changing. The other thing we're tracking is U.S. carriers uh, and national retailers, they talk about going digital, saving money, and being competitive. They don't want to lose uh, sales to Amazon. They, they want to control the, the customer. However, it's still um, t- tough for them. Um, you know, they, they, they want consumers still coming in the store where they can upsell insurance and accessories. So they want to go digital on the easy things of upgrades or people that know exactly what they want. However, they still like to control uh, the customer that they can, you know, get these add-ons and uh, feel like they can serve the, the, the customer better. Yeah, and I think that pattern is what you know what we're also seeing in in Europe. So, um, you know, I think if if I take the UK as an example, which is the market in Europe that I know best. You know, the, the operators, carriers, if you will, um, over here have had for quite a long time a very sophisticated omni-channel approach. So they don't really care if you buy in a physical store or online or through the uh, call center. Um, to them, it's it's all the same. You know, they, they retain you as a customer or get you as a new customer. But they do like you to go into the store uh, to pick up a product because as you say there's a much better upsell opportunity for some of the you know value add elements um which actually you know produce quite a quite a nice margin um but at the same time what you know i think just through this recent period what uh, some of the, the operators are seeing is or what the, the the calculus that they're making is you know if they can you know in their words optimize their retail store footprint, uh, which means, you know, closing down some stores or limiting their, uh, you know, the partner stores that they can, you know, overall end up with a, a more kind of profitable transaction on a customer by customer basis. So there's probably going to be a, a net drift towards more, you know, what they would call digital sales and a bit away from the, the physical stores. But you know, I think that that mixed pattern will still remain. You know, after the coronavirus, uh, worst of the coronavirus crisis is is done. Yeah, uh, really agree with that. Um, we, you know, the ebb and flow of store closures and openings always um, evolves in the U.S. Most recently, uh, Verizon's pulled out of a couple of the big national retailers and goes it alone with their own stores and uh, dealer channels. They get slightly better margins on that. Uh, so I think they always keep keep that in mind between a bit higher digital sales and then, uh, yeah, owning the customer through their own channels. They can, yeah, 
eke out a, a, a little larger margin. And then also, um, as stated, there is a large percentage that will always remain online or offline because all the things we mentioned about prepaid, but there's also a very large base of family plans in the U.S. And coming into a store and picking out for an entire family is a lot easier going into a store uh, because you might want to be picking out the the best deal for for maybe your kids. They're not always getting a premium iPhone or or Galaxy device. Plus, there are a lot of promos on family plans in that that are done uh, in the that last sale that is done in a store that's actually easier than online. Of course, a carrier could in an instant make online deals better to try to mold behavior. But surprisingly, they haven't done that. There are small things like small activation fees that may be waived uh, online, but the best deals are usually not seen online. They're actually still in the stores. So that continues to, you know, mold uh, behavior to where the, the majority still goes into the store. Hmm. Okay. I mean, one of the other uh, big trends that's been taking, or at least starting through this, you know, last, uh, well, I guess over a year now in the US, but may have been impacted a bit by coronavirus is the shift towards 5G and the rollout there. Um, so what are we, what are we seeing, um, you know, specifically relevant relative to 5G? I mean, has there, has there been a, a reduction in the promotion of 5G offers during this, this period, or is it, was it never particularly sort of strongly pushed, you know, until 5G iPhone comes out? Yeah, I, I think there are a couple um, f- moving parts here. First, um, some of the, the Verizon, AT&T, um, who are um, the most aggressive with millimeter wave, that is the you know the, a main part of their 5G network. During COVID, that network build out slowed or even almost came to a halt because they need to put up, you know, such a densification of the network and getting the permits from the government and the the cities and that, that actually slowed down. Whereas um, T-Mobile and AT&T on their low band, that that seemed to still continue. We still saw uh, rollouts continuing in uh, on the low band where just towers need to be refitted. We were told by the carriers, hey, this, this was still safe. It was one and two person workers still up, updating towers. So, so that, that continued. I think overall the carriers kind of took a pause in general on marketing since most of the stores were, were closed anyways. And now as the markets are opening back up, now we're seeing much more aggressive on uh, the Galaxy S20 launch, which happened right in the epicenter of it all. Uh, we're seeing buy one, get ones, and much more aggressive in the summer with the graduation promos and the Mother's Day, Father's Day promos of of the summer. Um, we also saw 
on the LT side, a quick point on Apple, the SE uh, has really been accelerating, very popular, and national retailers are using that to just get people back in the stores with with big offers. But uh, back to 5G, I do think now uh, late summer on the Android side, we'll see a bigger push in promos, but then it'll really hit um, in the fall when Apple launches, because then you won't just have carriers competing. You'll have that, um, you know, the, the, the competition between Android and iOS and probably a lot more promos that the carriers might have kept a lot of those marketing uh, dollars of that they didn't use now that they'll even be using full force in Q3, Q4. Yeah, and I think it's very likely to be the same in Europe. Uh, you know, 5G's been available in a few markets across Europe for you know many months, but it hasn't really been pushed. Um, and I think you know, a large part of that is because without Apple in the market, you haven't really got a market. Um, you know, in the UK, forty-five percent of the install base is Apple. So, you know, if if you can't offer a an Apple product with five G, then you know you're, you're effectively uh, you've got nothing for that forty-five percent because it's unlikely they're going to move. So, yeah, I I think we'll see the same effect over here. You know, as as that product comes out, then you know that that's going to unlock a lot of marketing dollars, and it should also you know, align with network builds, which have been, as you say, a bit upset by the needs of, you know, physical distancing and obtaining permits. And plus you have this, you know, crazy conspiracy theories about 5G, which has impacted a bit in various places. Uh, hopefully that, you know, gets washed away, but there are still plenty of flat earthers out there. So who knows? Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And, and here, even the iOS uh, installed base is even higher. So absolutely couldn't agree with you more. Without Apple in the game, you're not full throttle on, on moving users over to 5G. So just to, just to wrap up, um, Jeff, what, what do you think the, the overall market is going to look like for 2020? I mean, we, we had this big hit um, as you say, it's sort of bouncing back now. Are we going to see a, a rebound, um, you know, sort of a kind of reversion to the mean, you know, that we had as we went into 2020? Is, are we going to kind of get back there or is there going to be a material impact to the market size for the overall year, do you think? Yeah, I think overall, obviously, um, we're, we're going to be down in the U.S., Probably of you know eleven, twelve, thirteen percent is probably a solid range of what will be down. However, we're seeing an uptick and really getting back to normal quickly. And I do think uh, Q3, Q4, or Q4 especially will be even a bigger quarter. Uh, we have a lot of pent up demand uh, of purchasers that kind of have been waiting that then will 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 purchase an upgrade in Q4 because they've just been waiting to to upgrade. And then, of course, Apple. Um, what we learned with the SE launch is there's a lot of pent-up demand for Apple, and there are a lot of old iPhones out there. Um, the SE um, adopters haven't 
we don't really think that they're that they're cannibalizing the high end. It's just that there were so many old uh, iPhone sixes and six S's out there that upgraded to the SE. And I think uh, we're going to see a big, big upgrade when the 5G iPhones roll out because there's a lot of pent up demand in people with three and four year old iPhones. So I think Q4 will be aided by both um, uh, Apple, a little bit of pent up demand from these COVID months, and then a lot more aggressive uh, between the carriers and the OEMs all competing to for that Q4 upgrader. And, and maybe one last comment is um, these iPhone users are premium um, subscribers. On average, they're higher ARPU uh, for the carriers, and no carrier wants to be left behind uh, on uh, premium iOS subscribers. So look for them all to, um, yeah, go go very aggressive um, in Q4 uh, when these iPhones launch. Great. Should be an interesting uh, second half of the year. Something we've you know, been looking out for for, uh, for some time. Great. Thanks, Jeff. Really appreciate your contribution today. Thank you, Peter. All right. Thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in this time. And um, yeah, keep an eye out for the next edition of the Counterpoint podcast. And we'll see you again next time. All right. Goodbye now.